Hey everyone, Kate the Socialite here. Today I've got another interview for you and it is diving deep into something that I get asked about a lot and that is why can't I be a social media influencer? Should I become one? Is it hard? Is it glamorous? What is involved? How do I navigate the journey of becoming one? So today I decided to interview my personal friend in real life, Laura of Laura's Natural Life. And Laura is a green beauty lifestyle blogger and she's a YouTuber. She's on Instagram and it's just really cool to have her tell us exactly what it's like being an influencer. And she gives us some pretty interesting stories and some things to keep in mind and really deeply consider if you are going to become uh, someone who puts their life out there for the world to see and yes, for the world to judge. So I wanna tell you guys a little bit about Laura before we dive into her interview. So Laura is a holistic health consultant behind laurasnaturallife.com where she hopes to empower chemically conscious women to make the best choices for their lives regarding the products they use in their personal care routine and their homes through courses, free YouTube videos, blogs, and her podcast, Non-Toxic Pursuits. She is part of a unique set of instructor influencers and in that she educates while sharing her reviews and routines. Now, I'm going to put links in the show notes to Laura's podcast and her website so you guys can go check her out because I know that uh, eco-friendly or green or vegan interior design is becoming really popular and it should. Now, when you go check out Laura's site, you're gonna see that she is all about doing things the natural way, but also the beautiful way. So without Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate the Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing, but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Kate Show. Today, I have a very special guest with me. You heard about her a little bit in the intro, but not only is she someone that I'm friends with on social media, as she's a social media influencer, but I'm also friends with her in real life. So it's really exciting to be able to talk with a friend on here, and I'm glad that you all get to listen in on this conversation between two lady bosses. All right, so welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that you're able to meet up with me today. I know that you've got a lot of things going on. Your baby just turned one, and oh my gosh, I can't believe she's one already. I know. Oh, she's adorable. So, Laura, I want you to just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. So, like, we already know that you're a social media influencer, but how would you describe yourself outside of that? Yeah. Well, in terms of using my platform, um, I have a master's degree in health and nutrition education. And so I love educating on my platform and in my real life about non-toxic and natural lifestyle. But outside of that, like you mentioned, um, I'm a mom. I have a one-year-old little girl who is so feisty and takes up most of my day. 
And then I also have an eight-year-old, super lazy little cockapoo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I live in Wisconsin and we enjoy most summer activities and then kind of just are lazy during the winters. <laughs> Very long, endless winters that make us think spring is never coming. This year especially. Yeah, yeah. Like for everyone listening, it is the end of April and we are just now getting warm weather. I mean, the snow is still melting, but we have several inches of it out there on the ground and it's ridiculous. But that aside, so you've done a lot of different things in your <laughs> career. And I think that is an amazing thing because you have a pretty varied skill set. So what is your number one biggest accomplishment to date, aside from being an influencer? Yeah, great question. I think personally for me, it was the experience of being on hospital bed rest when I was pregnant because it was so challenging and being able to cultivate like a positive mindset and just surrendering to the experience. But on a less serious note, I would say I'm really proud of the DIY home decor that I've made. My husband and I have made a chandelier that's made of like different blown glass globes. And then we've done a couple of unfinished wood pieces, one we did in a mirrored style. And so that's something that I like to do that's just really fun. <laughs> Is that the same chandelier that you have currently in your dining room? Yes. Oh, I've seen it. Yes, it is very cool. It's kind of like beachy, but also really eclectic. Yeah, it is yeah. pretty cool. So, so you're a crafty person, both offline and online. And as I mentioned in the introduction, today we're talking all about the truth behind being a social media influencer, because mm -hmm. I just feel like there is a lot of misconceptions going on about it. I mean, mm -hmm. people... Well, well I'll, I don't want to spill the beans, but people do think that they're like they become gods or goddesses once they reach a certain number of followers. And you had a very interesting Instagram story a few months back that talked about the nitty gritty, what it's really like. That got you a lot of attention. It it got you just a lot of recognition because you spoke the truth, and it was a truth that not a lot of us were expecting to hear. So. If you don't mind, just kind of explain first how you transitioned through your lifestyle brand, Laura's Natural Life, into YouTube and Instagram and kind of what that path looked like leading up to that Instagram story that you shared. Definitely. So my path started on YouTube, but I actually didn't know what it would entail to have YouTube be my job. I was kind of just like throwing it against the wall to see if it would stick, if I enjoyed it, if I stuck to it. And I approached it like very consciously and was always very consistent with my content, but I didn't know what it actually took for that to be a job. And so I realized that actually making videos doesn't really pay the bills. Like I thought YouTube ads would be a lot more money than it is. It's really isn't. Of course there's sponsored posts and whatnot, but that I really haven't even started doing those until recently. And I've been doing this for about four years. So I quickly learned that you kind of need to have something other than just your content to monetize. You have to have your own 
products and services if you want to make a business out of something like a YouTube channel early on, or you need to understand what it takes with sponsorships and making those connections. So you really have to be a creator. And I think that really busts myth number one, which is that to be a YouTube influencer, all you have to do is get a ton of followers and then, or a ton of subscribers. And then all of a sudden you're like somehow magically make money. And what you're saying right. is that's kind of a pipe dream. Totally. And that's what I a hundred percent thought happened because especially back in 2014, when I started, there was so little information on it because monetizing YouTube content was still so new. I'd only been happening for one or two years at that point. And so there, it was kind of a secret and you actually couldn't monetize your content for a while. And so I just assumed that's how people made money and come to find out there's what you see on the internet is maybe a 10th of what an influencer does. And there's so much that goes on behind the scenes with negotiations and sending pitches and receiving pitches and trying things out and deciding, is this really a good fit for my audience? Am I going to risk my name or my trust if it isn't? So there's a lot more that goes into it than just posting a picture on Instagram. So can you give us a little bit of the behind the scenes look like a typical day for you if it involves being on Instagram or creating a video for YouTube? Like what does that look like? Because you're right. We just see the tip of the iceberg and I really want people to understand, especially in the interior design industry where video is becoming extremely popular, that there is a crap ton of work that goes into this. And I just, I want you to just be brutally honest and tell us like it is. Absolutely. So probably like many of your listeners, I batch my content. So if I am filming, I film at least four videos in a day. More than four is usually a little challenging, um, but four is kind of my, my happy zone. So I'll film those four videos and then I will usually respond to emails, which takes a long time to weed through because as an influencer, you get so many bad pitches that just are not even relevant at all. It's clear that the brand hasn't, doesn't know your name sometimes, doesn't know what you're about or what you post about. And then there are pitches that are interesting and you have to explore them more. And then there are, of course, great pitches that you want to work with right away. And then there's negotiations that go on behind the scenes on when does this post how much creative control do I have, budget, um, what is the scope of our collaboration together, is it just a video, is it a video and a package of Instagram stories, is it video Instagram and Pinterest, and then for editing, I usually devote a full day to editing because I, my brain just works the best on that one task, pretty much all day glued to my computer screen, and editing a five-minute video, even for me, someone who's been doing this for four years and I don't do like super fancy bells and whistles editing can take three to four hours for a five to 10 minute video. So it's really a lot of by yourself in front of your computer work that isn't glamorous at all. <laughs> and I've heard a lot of uh, influencers say that, that they feel like they're sitting here talking to their computer screen or they're talking to a camera. And it's so weird because as an influencer, you get that way because you're relatable, but you don't, 
get to relate with people necessarily when you're creating. So it's just like, what? Like mind blown. Oh, hundred percent. And that's why I started, uh, recently, I don't know if you guys have heard of Patreon, but it's a platform for creators where you can put like extra content on there for a small monthly subscription fee. And so I've started hosting a live kind of like question and answer, just kind of a hangout session with a couple of girls in my audience once a month. And then I actually get face to FaceTime with my audience and they get FaceTime with me. And it's the funnest thing I've ever done in my business. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you told me about that when you were first contemplating the idea and I'm glad that it's going really well because we are missing so much of that person to person interaction because we're just staring at our phones or our computers and looking at people like from the outside looking in, you know, and it, it just, I think our brands lose something if we don't do that. And I just want to say a little quick side note for people listening, if you are wanting to create videos that you can actually get an income stream from, Patreon would be a really good option for you. So I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, Laura, at what point from your very first YouTube video to your first brand deal, like how long did that take and how did you start navigating and figuring out, okay, this is a good fit and no, this one isn't? Mm, good question. Oh, I want to say my first probably email, we'd love to give you some free product in exchange for a video, probably was six months down the line. And then my first paid partnership, I want to say was a year, maybe year and a half down the line. And at that point I wasn't doing any of those and it ended up, it was a company that I had recommended like a million times and it was like a match made in heaven. So those opportunities do exist, but you want to make sure it's with the right partner because if it's not, then it just ruins your credibility. Mm, your trust. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to be promoting anything that comes along because as you alluded to earlier, you get some brands who contact you and they clearly have no idea who you are, what you do. They're not likely even a green beauty product, which means mm -hmm. people listening, Laura is very much a green beauty guru. So it's like, how do you handle those inquiries? Oh, well, if it's very obvious that they have not looked at my website. My website is very clear on my ingredient standards. Then it's an automatic delete for me. If it's a brand that normally has really great product standard ingredient standard, but maybe this one product just isn't quite as clean as the typical things I recommend, I'll, I'll still connect with them and say, you know, maybe I'd like to can I review something else from your line? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So then at, at what point did you feel like, okay, I guess I'm an influencer now, or did, have you ever felt oh, that way? Honestly, probably in the last six months, because it's something that I, in the beginning, I was like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber. Like I love YouTube. And then I got kind of put in this like blogger category and I was like, I don't blog that's not my thing. Like I revolted against the blogger category. And it was also when I was doing more things than just 
creating content. I had an ebook and a course and I had one-on-one consults and I was like, you guys, I'm more than just a blogger. But about six months ago, I realized, you know what? I'm an influencer mm-hmm. and I can do other things too. I have other things that I offer and teach, but I am an influencer for sure. Yeah. Because the beauty of building a brand is that you can take it in any direction that you want. And I know that you are the type of person who often has 10,000 ideas bouncing around in your <laughs> head. And we've had many text message uh-huh. conversations about that. But how do you think, I mean, could you possibly be happy in any other line of work because of your many ideas and all the freedom that that requires to pursue? No. no I don't think so because it's just there's it's something new every day and something old it's like the perfect mix of everything if you're somebody who's multi-passionate and likes to be your own boss I mean could I oh I was gonna say even if I had a brand and didn't do any sort of content I don't think I'd like that either I think I'd still have to have the influencer piece Mm mm-hmm Yeah, because I have seen what you post on Instagram and for everyone listening, you can follow her at Laura's Natural Life because what I find so interesting is you don't even have to be opinionated or polarizing in your posts, but everything that you post elicits some sort of strong reaction from people. (laughs) And that is how you know you're an influencer because people care about what you say. Mm -hmm. I agree. So along with that and those strong reactions, you end up getting some trolls here and there. How do you handle those? Because I think that a lot of people, when they're aspiring to become an influencer, they forget about the ugly side of being an influencer. Yes. So the trolls are particularly bad on YouTube. I don't think you're going to get as many trolls on a podcast because the reviewing on there is just way harder for a troll to do than on a YouTube video. On Instagram sometimes, but quite often it's YouTube. If it's just pure hatred and it's clear the person is not my target audience, they don't watch my videos normally, they stumbled on a video, they decided that they hated it or hated me, that's an automatic delete and block and report to YouTube. If it's someone who does follow me, and it's just coming across in a rude way, but I think that they mean well or they're giving what they think is constructive criticism. A lot of times I'll thank them for their feedback and assess if there is some truth that I should take from that because they are my audience and they do care about my content. But most of the time it's just people behind their computer screen spewing hatred. And I think that like when you give into that and you react in an inflammatory manner back to them, they win. I guess I I don't know if that's true. There's probably some psychological studies on how to interact with with trolls, but I guess my MO is block delete. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're right. You don't need to go fight fire with fire necessarily. I've seen some influencers get into arguments in the comments with people and it just, it makes everything look unprofessional. It doesn't go well. Yeah. It's like, you can't come back from that. I mean, if people want to fight, they'll find a reason to fight. So that being said, how do you handle 
your personal life and like what you share versus what you don't share? Oh, well, that's a constant struggle for me. And that's because before I had a child, I had no problem sharing personal things other than my husband. He never, he does not want to be on the internet. So I don't share him, his face, anything. But now that I've had a child, I of course want to share some things about her, but not much. I have overshared something that I didn't even think was oversharing. And I've gotten some unpleasant comments back to me. And I just realized I need to have stricter boundaries. But as an influencer, people want to know literally anything you'll give them about your life. They are so interested in your personal life. And it's almost like sometimes people think they deserve to know everything because they support you as an influencer. So you have to really evaluate what you're comfortable with sharing if you're going to receive things back and where your boundaries are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think boundaries, that's like the key phrase right there because there is such a thing as oversharing and then being too sensitive about the reactions, but you're right. If you're an influencer, you have to just expect that to a point and not set yourself up as an even bigger target by sharing things that you know are going to be polarizing. And the crazy thing is, I mean, like you went through, you know, a crazy experience, but a beautiful one because, you know, you have your daughter, but that like sets you up as a bigger target. And it seems so ridiculous because it's like, you know, you're a mother, she's your child. You should be able to share that you know, freely. But unfortunately, we've seen that like the more personal people are about their parenting styles, their Uh diet, whatever, like people just get nasty. It's so true. And it's really sad because you would think that I find that so many of these communities where a certain ideal is almost associated with morality can come across as judgmental. And I I don't think people are trying to be that way, but it's just that they have such strong beliefs about parenting or diet or ingredients that it it can come across as not being very friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think this, the internet makes it really easy for us all to be extremely intolerant and also insensitive. You know, I mean, if someone like you, you have got the courage to put your life out there, then if anything, we should just be like, whoa, hashtag respect for that because (laughs) it takes courage to be transparent online. It does. So we're going to move on from the personal side of things. And I want to circle back around and talk a little bit more about these brand deals because you did get hit with them, I'd say pretty early on in your YouTube game. Mm -hmm. And how do you handle compensation? Because that is the biggest question that I get asked by our listeners. Mm -hmm. And they are like, should I, should I take like um, product as payment? Should I charge a fee? If I want to make this a career, like what do I do and what do I avoid? You know, in the beginning, you're so flattered that somebody, a brand that you've admired wants to give you free product that you would pay for. And you're just flattered that they acknowledge your existence and they want to work with you. Luckily, shortly down the line, I had, I went to a big influencer conference and they were like, do not take any, don't do anything for free. If they want you, they want your audience and 
you deserve to be paid for your time, your effort, and your, you're putting your reputation on the line every time. So do you need compensation? I think it depends on the scope of the collaboration. For instance, if it's, I did, I did recently one with a beauty brand and it was a collaboration with a charity and nobody was being compensated for it. And it was just one simple Instagram post. And because it was for a greater good and like all the, all the components in it were amazing. And it was such a, you know, very small use of my time. No problem. I will do that for products. But if you think about the value exchange of, and, and those are sporadic, those are not, you know, an, a weekly occurrence. Mm-hmm. If you think about the value exchange of say getting $40 of product, that's retail price, $40 for the amount of my time to test my time to even approve the product. Sometimes it doesn't go past that. My time to photograph or film and then edit that content. And then basically essentially provide free advertising to my audience. That's a lot more than $40 of product. In addition, if you send me a product and I don't like it, or it's not up to my standards, I'm not going to share it. So if you're expecting something in exchange for that product automatically you need to have that conversation if you're getting pitched by a brand who wants you to share something and lastly is you can't take free product to the bank you can't take free product to the grocery store they aren't going to give you your groceries in exchange for a free product and here's a point that my husband brought up once is he's like how do you put that on your taxes because technically you're getting paid. Mm. So how, how are you legally accounting for that compensation? I love that. (laughs) Yeah, that just puts it in perspective because you can't get a direct monetary value if they're just going to send you stuff. I mean, sure, it's nice, but what you're kind of saying is, yeah, they need to send you that product for free, but then they also need to compensate you beyond that because you're easily spending, I would assume, about like eight to 10 hours on one brand deal if it involves creating a YouTube video. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. People listening, $40. Would you, would you accept a $40 payment for 10 hours of work? I don't think so. So this is where we have to put aside the celebrity factor and start thinking about being an influencer in business terms, because clearly it's a lot more work than most people understand. So Along with that, Laura, are there any other common misconceptions that you've seen people having around being an influencer? Absolutely. Um, One being that everybody's going on free trips, like exotic trips. (laughs) Yes, there are people going on really cool trips. Uh, I don't know how many followers you need to go on those, like millions, hundreds of thousands but they're also doing work in exchange for those trips too. Mm -hmm. One that we already talked about is that it's just involves posting a picture. It still involves so much behind the scenes work. It can be an over 40 hour work week, but it also can be really customizable. So it is great if you are like me and you're a stay at home mom or you have another business, 
or you have another day job and you just kind of want a side hustle, you can scale it to be less as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that it is scalable and it is what you make it to be. But that said, it's clear that you don't just become an overnight internet sensation and then automatically start making money from it. I mean, I would say there are a few unicorns that exist like that mm-hmm. in the internet space, but that's not how it works. I mean, you've taken time to create a solid brand and you have narrowed your niche market. You know exactly who your ideal client is. And all of my clients right now are rolling their eyes because they've heard (laughs) me talk about these things so much, but uh, it's important guys. It's absolutely important to know what you're doing, who you're serving and how you are serving them. So I want to get a little bit more wisdom out of you. Sure. (laughs) But I would also mention that those unicorns have Mm -hmm. usually been doing the online influencer thing since before it was a thing. They've been doing it before blogs were monetized and they probably have a team. They're not doing it themselves. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people will use that kind of cliched statement of you can be an overnight success. It just takes about 10 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we, we have to stop thinking that there's some sort of magic bullet or if we just create this one YouTube video and it goes viral, then that's going to like fix everything. No, it just doesn't work that way. So mm-hmm. the question then that I have for you is, is becoming an influencer a worthwhile goal? I mean, logistically, yeah. legitimately. Well, here's what I'll say. Is getting more eyeballs on your content a good thing? And if you have work and offerings for people to purchase and hire you for, absolutely having more eyeballs on your work is great and can create more clients. But if your desire is to become an influencer in addition to your current business, you're basically asking to run two businesses. Can you integrate some collaborations and sponsorships into your existing business? Sure. But if you want to become a huge social media influencer, that's a business in itself. I love that. I like how you just say it how it is. (laughs) It's like, listen, girlfriend, you can't do all of these things and don't bite off more than you can chew. So what would you say then? to someone who does feel like if they could just get their follower count up to, you know, 10,000, 15,000 or whatever, that that's going to make everything better. What would you say to that? It won't. I would say that you are better off figuring out how to serve your current followers and clients the absolute best so that they use their word of mouth to bring you more clients. Mm -hmm. Or to focus on better, I'm a big fan of Pinterest and Pinterest does not take time. It doesn't, well, it does take time, but it doesn't take the time that say Instagram takes. It doesn't leave you in comparison mode with other influencers or, or other people in your, in your clients. It just, it just basically brings you traffic. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for more traffic to your website, I would focus more on Pinterest than I would on creating a huge following that may or may not even be following you for what you're offering. Because a lot of times, once you get more and more followers, those more and more followers are just expecting more and more free content. 
That is an excellent point. And I want everyone to rewind this episode and listen to that again, because it does not matter how many followers you have if they do not care about what you're offering. So that's something to keep in mind. I know that we call our follower accounts a vanity metric, and it's called vanity because it just makes us feel good about ourselves, and it provides another silly way for us to judge other people. We sometimes judge people by how many or how few followers they have, and I think that is so shallow. I think that's so ridiculous, and it doesn't really do anything for our bottom line, and that's a, the point that I'm trying to drive home here. Like, there is nothing wrong with being an influencer. And there's nothing wrong with the power that comes with that. And I, I'm glad, Laura, that you're being so transparent with us here. And right now you're, you're doing what an influencer does. You know, you are helping us make decisions for our businesses and our lives by simply living your authentic life. Exactly. So, guys, if being an influencer is something that still appeals to you, that's awesome. But just keep in mind that there is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that you'll never actually see on Instagram or YouTube. Now, guys, before we wrap this episode up, I want you to know that Laura's got some pretty cool things going on right now. Not only should you go check out her YouTube channel, Laura's Natural Life, follow her on Instagram, also Laura's Natural Life, but she has got some offerings out there. Some are free, some are not. Laura, do you want to take a minute and just tell us about what you've got out there? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, as we mentioned before, I educate about non-toxic lifestyle, specifically more beauty and home, but I also use my nutrition background for holistic health topics. So I have a couple of great free guides. One is eight simple ways to create a healthier home, and the other is my beginner's guide to green beauty. And then I have an evergreen course on learning how to read a beauty ingredient label so that you really know what's going on your body and what you deem is safe and wonderful for you and what you decide you don't want to mess with. And then I actually have another course launching tomorrow um, and it's called Welling Your Dwelling and it's basically creating the healthiest home that you can for your body to heal in and feel the best that you can feel in your home because your home should be the place you feel the best in. Absolutely. And oh, I love this so much. And it's such a perfect fit because, you know, most people listening are in the home industry, designers, stagers, and, and so on. So they understand, I mean, we all understand the importance of having a home that treats us well and, you know, helps us physically, emotionally, mentally. So guys, you need to go check out laurasnaturallife.com because she's got all of these awesome freebies. And then of course, the course that you mentioned with all the different ingredients in, in our makeup. So you remember when we sat down and you went through that with me? Yes. Kate was one of my beta <laughs> testers. It was so life-changing. And I swear I was never the same after that day because I realized that all the makeup I was using was full of chemicals and it was hurting my skin and it was hurting my body and my long-term health. So. Her course is life-changing, so only take it if you are going to be woman enough to make some <laughs> serious lifestyle changes because it forces you to do that. So, Laura, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I had so much fun. 
yeah, it's just nice to chat with you. We honestly need to get together more often. I'm telling you, we live in the same state. I don't know why we don't, but I'm glad that we're able to just collaborate like this. And guys, to everyone listening, head over and check her out. And also, if you've got any questions about this episode or suggestions for future episodes, feel free to hit me up in our Facebook group, Marketing for Home Pros. Until then, guys, I will talk to you later. Thanks for listening to The Kate Show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.